McNulty standing for anyone to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Hi, Bumby fans, and welcome to Peel Cards episode 161. Well, there was no football over the weekend, so the Blues remain the only unbeaten side in League One. Joining the podcast today is Andy Mitchmore. How are you, Andy? Hello, Bunce. Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. All better now. I would argue that if there was football at the weekend, we'd still be the only unbeaten team in League One. I don't think that's the only reason we are still in that position. But yeah, not too bad. Thank you. I hate weekends without uh, without league football, but... Now we're one of those big teams with international players, you know, it's just those things you've got to deal with when you're fucking massive. Exactly. I mean, we got to watch England play as well. I, I did enjoy, though, Nick Pope being the worst statistical player playing for England ever. I think it was what? four point Yikes. something. Yeah, is uh, his rating from Opta, which Who Scored then tweeted out saying that just to get it out there into the ether. Harry Maguire probably has something to say about that from that game anyway. But um, that's worse than Rob Green's performances, worse than Scott Carson. I mean, I didn't watch the England game, but the performance of one of the goalkeepers in the Sidemen charity match has got to be worse than that. I can't even remember his name. It's like Puffer Magic Dragon or something, whatever his name is. Cal Dragon, Cal yeah. whatever, was yeah. the worst keeper I've seen in my life. It has to be worse than Nick Pope, I'd imagine. I, but. I, yeah, I don't think that was included in in the stats. I think it was yeah. just for England internationals generally. So that's oh, what it pretty, was. Yeah, unfortunately. I'm not pretty sure. Pretty similar standard. Yeah, well, you know, let's not talk about Wales now. He's wearing his road t-shirt. We don't, we don't need to do that. I mean, I didn't watch the England game. I prioritised my life and watched San Marino against the Seychelles instead because I thought it'd be a more open game of football. And I was actually right. So pretty happy. There we go. Anyway, let's see if you actually spoke about the England game. Not that anyone else cares, but Freddie Webb, what have you been up to? Uh, over last weekend, not so much. Hi, guys. Lovely to have you guys back on again. Uh, I'm glad you're all better from your various illnesses and ailments. It's really nice to have you back on. Um, my weekend, I didn't do a lot, to be honest. Watch, watched England. Felt rubbish from watching England. Uh, tried to ignore all the Gareth Southgate debates because really nothing's going to happen before the World Cup anyway, so it means nothing. And yeah, just carry on, carrying on with my usual after that. I've actually, uh, I'm starting a new job in a few weeks' time. So that's quite nice. That's, that's the why Bunce's life coming out over there, you know, sharing things. So I'm happy about that. Making all of that paper, presumably. Paper in what sense? It's in cash. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love that. Straight what do you, what did you think it was? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I do sell sort of like <laughs> do interiors and stuff. I was thinking paper, like... I'm not working for a paper manufacturer, just to put it out there. Staples have not employed me, but um, assuming they sell paper. 
All right, let's get on to what we're doing today then, boys, and lead it in since it's the conversation has formed you, into paper are sales. You genuinely saying that we have other things to talk about other than whether or not Staples stock A for me. That's just, that's top quality content. It's why people listen. And if you want your printer fix, hit me up, I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm going to be working with Staples. <laughs> Xerox and other printer <laughs> fixing is available. So there was no game to review this week. So what we did is we have got Benjamin Bloom from the Benjamin Bloom Football Channel and the Blue Monday podcast, which is an Ipswich Town football podcast, to come on for an extended interview chat to preview the game on Saturday, the big game against Ipswich. Obviously, Pompey sold out their allocation. Ipswich has sold out their rest of their ground. It's going to be a big cracker. So let's get stuck into it with friend of the show, Benjamin Bloom from the Benjamin Bloom Football Channel and Blue Monday podcast. All right, I'm here with Benjamin Bloom from the Benjamin Bloom Football Channel and the Blue Monday Ipswich Town Football Podcast. How are you, mate? I'm lovely. A little bit scared about the weekend, but I'm sure we're going to get on to that, aren't we? You, you've had a bit of a, a sort of a preview for, for that sort of big game, I suppose, and we'll get on to the game mm. with Plymouth and, and how that went and stuff. But you know, back at back at Portman Road, I suppose, it's, it's a bit different really, isn't it? So you feeling confident? No, no, I'm I'm not, which is um, nothing to look. We're playing well. The start has been very good. You alluded to, though, the first big test. Now, that's not true because we had these three games and it was Sheffield Wednesday away, Plymouth away, and then Pompey at home. So, of course, we're all, right, chips are down now and we're all sitting there adding up points and everyone's like, Four points, five points from those three, six, and we're laughing. And we've got one so far. We were 2-0 up in the first one against Sheffield Wednesday. That one ended 2-2. Led against Plymouth, although to be fair, I don't know if you guys watched, it was a really good game and they probably deserved it on the balance of everything. So now you look at this Pompey game and you go from... You know, you've drawn away at Sheffield Wednesday. All of a sudden, it feels a bit like we need to win it and the stadium's going to be full. And Ipswich, must-win game, top of the table clash, full stadium. Mm, You know how I feel about that, right? (laughs) So let's just wind that back to the start of the season, I suppose, because that sounds like there's a lot of expectation on getting a win out of these big three games as we just spoke about there. Ipswich, you know... Undoubtedly spent, you know, a fair amount of money. Obviously, you sold players as well. I'm not going to go down the you're throwing cash everywhere because it just means Ipswich fans just wave their arms around in the air and tell me it's not true, and it, it takes a bit of a debate <laughs> to go on for it. But you know, would you say that Ipswich fans expect to get promotion as the as the uh, thing this season, or is it more just the fact of you know top six finish would be good enough for Ipswich fans? Um, I mean, the first thing I would say is that football accounts are reported one year after the end of a football season. So we can discuss this year's accounts in around May of 2024 um, would be my answer to any Pompey fans and Ipswich fans arguing about how much money's been spent or whatnot. Yes. OK, we've we've been the we've been the big spenders. Um uh, there's, there's two answers to the expectation question. On the one hand, Ipswich fans expect nothing um, on the basis that we've been a club that's not put together a promotion season or a, you know, a victorious season in its entirety for 20 years and done it once in 30 years. 
So this is a club that I love that does not have a winning mentality to put a, an entire season together. Take that back, two seasons in the last 30 years. I think winning the playoffs and then finishing fifth in the Premier League. Other than that, it's been losing in the playoffs or mid-tables or anything like that. And I, I, I talk to mates who are like Rotherham fans and they've had like 17 promotions in the time we've had. Well, they've had 17 relegations as well. But um, but then, Hugh, you bake in the, like you said, the spend. And I suppose you get this as well being Pompey fans. The club size relative to the division, then the expectation ramps up, doesn't it? But... After last season and seeing the massive high tide, the table splitting in half, Plymouth missing the playoffs with 80 points. So there's lots of answers there. The expectation's there, but we, we know this is a nightmare of a division. Did the expectations change a lot with the transfer window? Because obviously you brought in a fair few players, Freddie Ladapo, for example, and new players coming in and the building on the new form as well. Did um, that make fans positive? before the season started? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say the expectation ramped up any more than it was there already because we'd had this ridiculous window last season where like 100 players had come in and 100 had gone out. And um, I'm sure we'll talk about Harness. It was great to get Harness, great to get Ladepo, these guys that seemingly be proven at this level. But it was very much this season um, sprinkling in where it was needed Frankly, the big star signings, Walton, the keeper, maybe Edmondson at the back, Morsi, uh, Chaplin. Okay, Harness now would, would go in as one of those. But it was like the, the big signings that the team was built around were kind of already there, if that makes sense. Talk about Marcus Harness. I'd like to say that us guys here were, were bigger fans than most Pompey fans on the average of his play. It's lovely to see him playing in the number 10 position rather than out wide on the right, where, quite frankly, he's wasted and he just drifts inside anyway to fill into that number 10 position. To start with a really, I suppose, abject point of view, it's one of those transfers, which is really great because both sets of fans are really happy with the return. <laughs> we flipped we flipped harness to you, right? We used the money to sign Colby Bishop, a striker that we didn't have a good, decent striker, which was was desperately needed. And we managed to replace him with a, with a winger we brought in on loan, Owen Dale, who's been really good. We get another striker, Joe Piggott, off you, who wasn't performing with you. So you don't mind about that. And he's coming for us and he's done a decent job when called upon. It's quite funny how Pompey and Ipswich fans seem to be bantering back and forward over who's got the best deal. When, to be honest, we should we should actually be quite pleased and happy that both sets of fans are actually really quite pleased with the return and I can say it from a Pompey side. Yeah, are you suggesting that the previous Pompey line of John Marquis and Ellis Harrison wasn't decent? Is that what you're suggesting in that question? I'm Is not that... suggesting that Andy, I, that's a plain fact. I'm just suggesting it's <laughs> I'm just suggesting it's nice isn't it to come from the fact that both of our fan bases can be happy with the return mm. we've got and How's Marcus? We've seen how Marcus um, Harness has scored goals for you, but how's he in general plays? Is it just moments of brilliance for Marcus Harness, um, <laughs> where, he, where he where he gets those game-winning goals as he did for us at the start of last season, or is there a bit more consistency to his play in the middle there? Well, I mean, I think you just nailed it with what you just said. I'd I'd like to add as well. This is football discourse between opposing sets of fans there is never both sides just happily accepting that it might be a win-win we have to have juvenile arguments and someone has to stick two fingers up at the other don't we surely that's the way forward but no the way you explain it all sounds all sounds very lovely but remember one side has to finish above the other so 
Um, I'm sure that will be the final deciding factor in the argument. No, I think what you said um, about Harness in terms of is he in the game constantly, you know, moving the ball around, dribbling? No, not really. Does he, is his finishing really good and does he pop up with useful goals? Yes. And, um, you know, as maybe we'll discuss, we, we don't have a Colby Bishop guy where it's like, okay, this guy's dangerous, serve him up and he'll get 20 goals in the season. We, we don't have that guy. Ladapo's not proven that way. And because, um, we're very, very sort of possession heavy. There's not, there's not that type of making tons of chances for, for the one player. So the idea is that Harness and Chaplin maybe might get 10 to 15 goals and also Ladapo might get 10 to 15 goals. And if they're all around the 15 mark and the wingbacks chip in that, that you cover that. So it's a bit different between Ipswich and Pompey where we've seen you guys proper front two or add Scarlet in or whoever, you know. I, th- I think it, it's going to be lower tallies, but maybe more players. Fingers crossed. It's reached this season. It sounds like what you've explained there is actually the more traditional Pompey model over the last five years or so, where you're relying on people, yeah, chipping in. We're relying heavily on, you know, Harness and Curtis on opposing wings, chipping in ten to fifteen a season each, if possible. And then you've got strikers holding the ball up, playing sort of longer ball up to Harness and uh, sorry, up to Marquis and. And Harrison, and then the wingers tr- supposedly scoring off them. It didn't quite result in promotion for us, so uh, we'll see how it works out for you guys. But it's interesting to see it from the outside. Um, you mentioned there that you sounded a bit less confident about this game than, to be honest, I expected you to when you asked that question. And you mentioned about it being a full stadium and a sort of top of the table. As long as you boys can there. get there with the blooming rail strike. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> But you mentioned it being a, a almost full stadium, depending on trains. <laughs> um, but my my most lasting memory of Portman Road in the recent years is the atmosphere that was there towards the end of Paul Lambert's time, where as soon as things started going downhill, like six minutes in, you were having the home fans just going mental if you conceded first. And I'm not suggesting it's anything in that ballpark at the moment because you're second in the league and you've lost one league game in 10. But is there still that underpinning sort of vibe of the stadium where the fan base can be a little bit gotten to, if that makes sense. No, there's not. And that's not me throwing up my home team bias because that was the end of Paul Lambert's um, tenure. That was also the end of Marcus Evans' uh, ownership as well. And I think... It's difficult, isn't it? Because you should never get on the back of your team after conceding a goal six minutes in. But it's not about that goal six minutes in. It's about the previous season and the previous season and the previous season. And, you know, um, that sort of toxic ownership. So, look, you, you know what it's like. If you guys score after two minutes, then a certain proportion of any football fans will struggle to cope emotionally, let's just say, with this girl going in against their team. But, uh, and this this plays back into the the whole winning culture thing as well. Um, I hate to say it, and I desperately want Ipswich to beat Portsmouth, I really do. But when presented with a big game, a big attendance, a must-win game, a top-of-the-table clash, these are the ones in our lack of winning culture that, we've 
we've choked on, and I hate the word bottle. Um, so uh, I suspect a player like Marlon Pack, who's like super experienced, that atmosphere won't touch him in the slightest, will it? Will be saying, you know, to the maybe to the younger Pompey players or the ones who haven't haven't played in front of twenty five thousand, expecting twenty seven thousand um, rail uh, travel permitting, that that can be something to something to play on because. If Ipswich score early, which they have done in a few home games, it could be a big feather in the cap. But if it gets nervy, you know, these players don't have the winning culture to, you know, kind of let that become the thing that carries them to victory. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it definitely does. Um, you mentioned Ipswich's potential problem about the big games. Looking at the Sheffield Wednesday and the Plymouth game, what do you think that one reason was why the results didn't go mm. Ipswich's way. What was that thing that stuck out at you and think, oh, that was, well, that's why it happened? Yeah. I mean, straight away, you get these meltdowns in fan bases. And I, I kind of believe that the longer you go without losing, the worse fans deal with a defeat. Are you guys still unbeaten? We are. So when you, mm. when you yeah. guys lose, it, it won't go down well, even though you haven't lost for ages. You know, that's... That's just the nature of it. So I think the first thing we need to remember is Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday are good. So that's the first thing, rather than just abject meltdown, which there was a little bit of. Um, I think Plymouth. I think Plymouth were were better and and worth the the win. And you know, if we'd had VAR in that game, Morsi was getting red carded probably in the first half um, as well, wasn't he? So maybe you just say Plymouth were better and they're very good at home. and They're perfect at home. In fact, they've got 15 points at home. Sheffield Wednesday's a bit frustrating because, you know, they got 2-0 up and um, there was a bit of a fiery atmosphere and we kind of folded. And it's very easy to say mentality, isn't it? But that's unfalsifiable. You can't prove or disprove whether they have got a good or a bad mentality. But again, you're, you know, look at these these squads. I mean, maybe you'd say Ipswich have got that type of squad, but look at the Wednesday squad and the, the bench and you're playing away at them. So hopefully, and I'm flipping the question here because you asked me what went wrong, maybe a bit of mentality, maybe just playing two of the better sides in a good moment. But also, we said we're Sheffield Wednesday at home. We beat them. That could be four points. And you say, thank you very much. We still have um, Plymouth to play at home and a lot of teams will go away to uh, Plymouth. You you drew with them as well the previous week. They're, they're a good side, aren't they? Um, so in terms of what went wrong, you'd be, in the worst case scenario, it's mentality and winning culture, as I've said. The best case scenario... Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth are really good and we were playing them away from home. Fingers crossed. The two games you described, the, the Pompey-Plymouth game, actually follow the fairly similar pattern in terms of us going a goal up and then just getting sucker punched after about 70 minutes. Their finishing is ludicrous, isn't it? Hmm. More than Whitaker, of- we wanted him on the podcast. I, I put it out there into the ether <laughs> and uh, he went over, to, went over to Plymouth. But Schumacher is just a very good coach, isn't he? He, he did the same against us. He, it wasn't working for them. And they basically changed their formation, put the, the emphasis on getting the ball forward very quickly to those players who, who've got a lot of pace and then sort of running at, running at us and overloading the attack as such. And they did the same to you, I thought. And they sort of dominated the ball in the final third. Hugh, I, it, I think yeah. as well, sorry to interrupt, I think as well, 
Kieran McKenna, maybe, and I really like him, got a little bit of obsessed with the, oh, I'm in a tactical battle with Stephen Schumacher. And there was this thing with Caden Jackson and Barley Mumba. And, you know, sometimes you can outthink yourself, can't you? And, oh, you know, I'm going to win this battle of the brains and make this change and this change. And um, obviously, with hindsight, perhaps he perhaps he didn't need to. But I'm not going to criticise Kieran McKenna because he's got a fantastic record. Sorry, Hugh, I went went across you midway through a point there. No, not at all. I think the point was well making by made by you. Even then, I was just going to flip it and have a look because people talk about Ipswich and their possession uh, and then their sort of attacking play and, and that cut sign of thing. But I think it's interesting that your shots against an open play, according to Opta, Ipswich have the least shots against at 52 in League One. Pompey with the third least. Oh, your XG is. Not worldly, is it? Both ends. Yeah, exactly. Very good, so, isn't it? So, and Freddie can pull that up because he has it literally tattooed on his arm. And he, puts, <laughs> he, he basically updates it every week. I think you're, you're you, I think you're nearly top in XG conceded and XG created, aren't you? I think for expected goals four, according to Y Scout, Ports on a third um, with sixteen point four nine. Ipswich top with seventeen point three six compared to nineteen goals. Porto had 19 goals as well. Expected goals against, I'll just have a look at that up quickly. Yeah, Porto got second best expected goals against ratio with 8.02 and they conceded eight. So defensively, Pompey have been doing very well. Ipswich, uh, let me just do it. Ipswich are sixth. They expected goals against of 11.41 and actual goals conceded of eight, according to and my scout anyways. I think that says a lot about our goalie who... Is and look, I know it's such a cliche, and so many fans, probably twenty of the fans in the league, think they have the best goalie in the league. That's you speak to, they they just do, don't they? Because they only see one goalie every week, and you know it's the hardest position to judge. But Walton is very good; he's very good indeed. And it's weird with XG sometimes because you you look at it and you think. Um, I always remember Pookie for Norwich, and his XG was here, and he was scoring this many goals, and I was like, ah. He'll get found out. And it's like, no, sometimes if you have a very good player, he'll just keep outperforming it. And we're hoping, in terms of Walton in goal, if we do concede chances, you know how it will be against Pompey. You'll sucker in our centre-halves and they'll get Bishop one-on-one with somebody, um, you know, make make a big chance. Hopefully, Walton, you know, can... And hopefully that can be a case of, well... We'll concede chances and he'll he'll make he'll make big saves, fingers crossed. Freddie, how easy is it to combine types of stats? So you've mentioned there Pompey's expected goals against. And obviously you can also get stats about us keeping or losing possession in our own third, middle third, final third. How easy is it for you? And I'm not asking you to do this on the spot, but how easy is it for you to find out Pompey's XG versus sorry, expected goals conceded? versus actual goals conceded for losing possession in the first third? Because I feel like that's where we've that's probably conceded the best chances. <laughs> it's, probably hidden, it's probably hidden in the website somewhere. If you could do some research, Fred, if you could I, do some I, research, I'd love that. I can, I can tell you, Andy, according to Opta, Ipswich have the third highest press in the league, right? Uh, 10.6 according to Opta and PPDA. But more interestingly, their shot ending from that from those high turnovers, right? Uh, is the second in the league with 17, to, which has resulted in two goals. So when they do press high, Andy, um, they do create the second most shots off that high press in the league, if that makes sense to you. 
Yeah, we, yeah, thank, it does make sense to me. Yeah, um, I think based on a couple of the defensive mistakes we've had, that would probably be where I'd say we were most vulnerable. Then I think in this game, but surely they they'll sit in Pompey and you know the whole get to. I'm not saying sit in and defend, but surely it's for at least 15 minutes. Okay, you know the classic quiet, quiet crowd down. You know let. Let Ipswich have possession, but over there. That's what, that's, what, that's what Pompey have done with sides that like possession a lot, but most of the time they just aim to, whenever Pompey get the ball, they always want to counter attack with pace and make every single opportunity count for as much mm-hmm. as it can do, really. That's how Danny Cowley likes to play. Usually, if Pompey have too much possession, it can get a bit awkward. They don't always, the side don't <laughs> always know what to do with it, to be honest with you. Um, hey, Fred, there's always a triangle, Freddie. There's always a triangle. <laughs> I know, you can I know. Always a tri- always three, a wide three players, triangle. As well. Three players yeah. have to make a triangle. Think exactly. about that. Exactly. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you though about um Connor Chaplin, because Pompey mm. fans have seen him for, from an outsider for for a while now, since we sold him ages ago. A lot of fans are unhappy about it. What sort of player is he for Ipswich? Obviously, you look at him, five goals and two assists in the league. What sort of player is he and how vital is he to this side at oh. the current moment? So potentially he's he's like the X factor in, in that team. Because you mentioned Harness. Um, Harness is good, but Chaplin can come short, quickly receive, play the killer ball, make the goal, good finisher, good early shooter with the left foot. And uh, Hugh mentioned my YouTube channel. I've covered the championship. I remember Connor Chaplin being player of the month in the championship, you know, for Barnsley, um, who was there? Struber was the the manager there at that point. It, it didn't work. Mm. Yeah, it didn't work under Ishmael because that was all rock and roll, 100 miles an hour, eight substitutions and, you know, run, 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 and kind of finished in the playoffs. But that wasn't Chaplin's game. But potentially, obviously, Morsi is very, very good. And, you know, obviously, Pompey have got someone like Pack, you know, experienced player who's played at the higher level and sit in central midfield. That guy doesn't win you the game. That guy can help you get promoted across the season and raise everyone's level. Whereas someone like Chaplin can win you the game. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. And um, it, you have to remember sometimes, you're an Ipswich fan or a Pompey fan and you've, you've been at the higher level. This is, this is League One. And you stick Barry Bannon or... I don't know, Connor Hurahan, Sam Morsi, Marlon Pack in League One, a player who can receive the ball, control it quickly and find a pass pretty much every time. They're immediately better than everybody else. And Chaplin, in terms of that, received the ball quickly on the half turn in the 10, feed it through in League One. That's that's a big weapon. Stunned silence in uh, fear of I, I was, Connor I was, Chaplin. I, I am shitting myself about Connor Chaplin's game. <laughs> <laughs> and Hugh, the, you, you know the type of goal, the early shot from, I don't know, 15 to 25 yards low with the left foot. You know you know the goal. It's the same with Harness. We know the goal Bishop will score as well. So the, the, the fear is in there already. Don't worry. Yeah, I can see it now. Dane Scarlett just pulling off and showing Conor Chaplin how to, to really Premier League a shot away <laughs> rather than Championship a shot away. Let's be honest here. The great Dane. Let, yeah, that's it. Let, let's get into the nitty gritty then, the the sort of the little prediction part of the show. And I'm not just going to ask Benjamin for this, boys. I'm going to ask you as well for your predictions for this, for the game. We Sometimes we don't do right now. We do it on our own and shit ourselves later on for 10 minutes. But since we're <laughs> in the flow a little bit here, I'm going to ask you... 
for your prediction, please, Benjamin, for the game on Saturday and any goal scorers, please. I predict that Mr. Danny Cowley will be very noisy and disagreeable on the touchline. That, whilst that is an exceptional exceptional side <laughs> note, it's not quite the question I asked you, if I'm honest. Although I, I appreciate more commentary and analysis from you there. <laughs> I predict that Sam Morsi, within 15 minutes, will try and kill Marlon Pack. Do you think Gasson Ahabi will get some minutes in this game? Mm, he hasn't quite looked hasn't bless him I, I'm pro every sign in Itchery's get he hasn't quite looked looked there yet and there was a bit of a sense against um, Plymouth this is good procrastinating to not make a prediction isn't it this um, there was a bit of a sense of bring the huge guy on we're, we're trailing get the ball in the box and I think there needs to be more work done into, I don't want to be that you know blah 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 plan B but you can't you can't just you know, play possession football the whole time, sign a big guy from Burton and expect him to... Like, you're, you guys are nicely set up to get Bishop 1v1 and get him chances, aren't you? That doesn't just happen randomly, does it? So um, I'm not sure we do see um, a had made, but I'm sure if we're trailing with 10 minutes to go, you will. Um, but look, in, um, in terms of the prediction, I would have been very comfortable, you know, saying, look, Take a point, treat these three games rather than just the Pompey game. I know it's irrelevant to you what we do against Sheffield Wednesday, Plymouth, but if it was undefeated, if it was four points, so there was one win in there, that was all going to be okay. So as the group, we really need to, to beat you, which completely plays into your hands and is not a sensible approach 11 games into the season against what looks like it's going to be a team that's going to be Right up there. So would I take a point? Yes. Um, would I love to see, um, a, you know, a, a full stadium and a, you know, a, a nice home win and us beat one of the big boys and the, um, you know, the, the winning culture develop? I, I would love to see that, but I do not trust Ipswich Town. I've been here way, 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 way too many times. So I think it'll be a really good game. Um, I think you've already outlined the style. I think, um, we need to pass and pass and pass and pass and be patient and not let those moments result in goals for you guys. You know, we don't want that situation where we've been playing well for 30 minutes and bosh, you score with your first attempt and that's exactly your game plan. And by the way, I'm not, you know, having saying Pompey you're going to sit in. That's a very sensible game plan to do against, uh, against us. I'm going to try and keep the ball and move the centre-halves um, forward. But it's, it's a bit terrifying, isn't it? This is taking a long time to come up with a, a couple of numbers here, Benjamin. We, oh, you actually want a... a oh, yeah. man. I want a score prediction, mate. Come on. I, I'm oh. enjoying it, but I, I've got to hammer home my job as host and try and get this prediction I, out of you. I would love for us to win 2-1. I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. Um, you know, look look how you guys got the point in the end against Plymouth as well. I... You know, we've we got a good goalie and we, we don't have a good defensive record because we have, you know, Sol Bamba heroically clearing bullets away. We have a good defensive record because we keep the ball for most of the game and don't lose many chances. That's not going to happen against the team with the highest XG uh, attacking in the, in the division, if that was the right, the right stat, um, Freddie. But I, I'll go for a 2-1 with absolutely no confidence. That's what I want to happen and what I hope to happen, OK? 
That would do. That would do for me. Have you- <laughs> Please don't. Did I do enough caveats for when someone clips that out, puts it on Twitter, and goes, "No, nah, no, nah, Jesus, no, nah, no, nah, Russell Brand, you got it wrong." <laughs> You're not going to hear that from our fans. Yeah. We're a graceful bunch. I You're too busy about, talking about um, finances, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I wouldn't worry spenders. about us dragging up, um, dragging up old, old audio clips. We found one last week that was me predicting. Um, John Marquis to score 25 goals last season. So, wow. uh, oh, dear. Yeah, you, you still won't have the worst prediction <laughs> oh, of the year. Dear. Don't worry about it. Hey, I, think, um, I, mine, I predicted Huddersfield would get relegated from the championship last year. They finished third. That's pretty bad. I think I predicted Bazunu would be a flop last season, but yeah, you wanted, didn't. You wanted to start Alex Bass over Bazunu, didn't you? At the start, uh, of the I, I, I said it, there was a discussion to be had about starting Wasn't he Alex like Bass over Bazunu. Ten million discussion to be had as a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> And now he's playing for the other team for after fifteen million quid transfer. But there we fifteen, yeah. Christ! Let, let's, that, yeah. let's let's put it on the other boys. Then Andy Mitchell, what's your score prediction for the game? I'll go slightly optimistic. I'll go with a well optimistic from our side. I'll go with a one or draw, which I'd be very very content with. And I'm telling myself that because if we go a goal up and then concede in the ninety third, it's still a decent point. Context mm. is not relevant. I'm trying to think big picture. A point away at Portman Road is at the end of the season the same as the I think the three all draw at Hillsborough at the end of the season the context of it all it would be huge so yeah I'd take a point away from home against Ipswich every day of the week so yeah one all just to mix it up rather than going to Freddie who looked like he was ready to break out as well I'm going to jump in right now and say that I'm going to go a bit more optimistic why not you know Ipswich been bottling the last two games I'm going to say a 2-1 Pompey win <laughs> so unnecessary <laughs> Two so disrespectful, isn't it? Dane Scarlett, <laughs> Col- Colby Bishop, Ipswich get a late consolation goal, you know, a slow clap from the Pompey fans. I had May, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big ball in the box, yeah. I, I think he's literally rubbish, right? Yeah. And I uh, hate <laughs> to break it, hate to break it to Ipswich fans, right? But he's not a target man. He's he's a he's a sort of poacher in the box style striker. He sort of gets small chances and sort the of tries to have goals. Is that we played Burton? And they literally played one of the most direct styles I think I've ever seen. And he caused absolute havoc. And we didn't have that profile of player in the squad. And I think they wanted um, Hurst, who you guys had. Where did, he, where did Hurst end up going? Uh, on on to Blackburn. Blackburn, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think maybe we were parking up the wrong tree there if he's gone to the top half of the championship. But, yeah, um, it feels a little bit like when Richard Wright had a blinder at Highbury and Arsene Wenger signed him later and it never really quite worked you know when some you must have done that with a player they've played really well against you you've signed them and it's been like that game he played well against us that was his only good game ever right and then we signed him on the basis I think Honestly, we a podcast pick, based on that yeah pick, pick a number nine between 2014 and 2019 and uh, <laughs> that's amazing right. <laughs> go on then Freddie are you going to be the seed of optimism or are you going to bring the tone down from a public uh, perspective <laughs> We'll see. I don't, big I, I, big I, home win, Freddie. Big home win, fella. <laughs> I just think it's going to be a very high-quality game because both sides are obviously very good. I expect. Freddie, was your game against Plymouth really? Because our game, in theory, put those three as a triangle and it should be, shouldn't it? Yeah, I'd say so. Portsmouth's going against Plymouth. They played really well for most of it. They just didn't deal with the adaptation in the second half really well. But... They controlled large bits of the game and created some chances. So I'm positive about that to a certain extent. And she- but Sheffield Wednesday game was mad. First game of the season, the free all draw. Which they was- couldn't defend any of your crosses, could they? No, they couldn't. It was it was those sorts of chances. But we 
couldn't defend for the first <laughs> first half either. And because of that, I'm going to go with a free-all draw. I just think it's going to be a completely mental game <laughs> where nothing will make sense whatsoever. That would be like and 66 to 1. Get on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll both, it'll, we'll both go away. With a please gamble responsibly. 18 plus only for gamble away. Ben, looking, mm-hmm. at your, yeah. looking at your fixtures after this game, it's yes. This, you've got a really, I'm going to tempt fate as much as possible here. <laughs> And hope that you just crash and burn in this. But you've got a really nice run of games in there. You've got what Cambridge at home, Morecambe away, Lincoln at home, Derby at home, who are sort of sitting, I think, eleventh at the moment. Port Vale away, Charlton away, yeah, Cheltenham at home, Exeter away, Fleetwood at home. I mean, what? That that's an opportunity this for some is, serious momentum for you guys. And this is the hope. Well, I mean, let me ask you: Would you rather have what we've had, where it's a decent run and you're scoring two points per game, and then all of a sudden you get Wednesday away, Plymouth away, and Pompey at home? Get it, get it all out the way in one hit. We just—it's just the problem is if we lose to you and we've got one point across the three. You know how it was last season with that high tide and all the top half having mental points per games. That that could be a real big problem, especially... I know we tend to do quite well at Fratton Park, especially having to go back there at the end of the season. It's all well and good. We've got Wednesday to come and Plymouth to, you know, to come. And, and when did Barnsley go fifth as well? And I'm sure Peterborough will be a nuisance again soon, won't they? And we'll get that high 75, 80 points up around sixth, seventh place. So, yeah, um, the head-to-heads are vital. But to your point... We it, and this is the thing Ipswich fans are struggling to cope with. If we lose to you, um, we will have how many points have we got? We'll have twenty-one points from eleven games, so one off two points per game. And then you mentioned that good run. Potentially, if you're then up, and I don't know, it's eighteen games, and you're around the thirty-six point mark. It's all right, isn't it? It's just if what happens last season happens again, and oh. You check the results every week. Oh, Oxford have won again. Oh, Milton Keynes have won again. Maybe not those two so much this season, but Pompey have won again. Bolton have won again. They just kept winning and winning. And that's the worry if you do. We've got to be, and by definition as well, if you get in the playoffs, you have three very hard games in the space of 10 games. To win a big game at some point, else we're in this division for a turning. I think it helps a lot for clubs to play like promotion rivals early. Um, away uh, uh, away exactly no I think yeah. even though it's probably the hardest game to start with I'm so glad Ports have had Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough first game of the season when they well, were you got the free you got both it, ticked yeah. off and you now know second half of the season in which in theory you'll be better in the second half of the, any good side should be better in the second half of the season than they were in the in the first half of the season just by definition there's about bad injuries and you've got the um, you've got the home games against you know against the big sides I'm going to be putting some money on Freddie's prediction. He got the 2-2 Plymouth uh, prediction right as well. I so. know, Christ. I don't know how I managed that. Um, goal scorers, since I didn't mention them. Uh, don't <laughs> oh, put this, don't, if, if you are going to have a bet, don't put this second bit on because obviously <laughs> for, there are too many ex-Pompey players on the Ipswich side, so I'm going to have to go with all of them. So it's Connor Chaplin, <laughs> Marcus Harness and Gasson Ahadme all scoring wow. for Ipswich. And then, it's going to be worth a, a tinkle, mate. And then what, <laughs> Joe Piggott for Pompey? Or? Yes. Yeah, yeah, obviously, Joe Piggott for Portsmouth, obviously. Just he, gets his, he, get, he gets bless his one with free two rubbish down. for us, bless him. Uh, I know it didn't work style-wise, but yeah, that would be just about right. No, well, James Piggott, Norwood didn't score against us. Uh, fair enough. Well, well Joe, Joe Piggott with one and then uh, Colby Bishop with the other two, I think. He... He was hard work 
against Accrington, but everything against Accrington was hard work for us. We just couldn't play in that stadium, period. Although we won there this season. Accrington are just a hard-working team, aren't they? Someone you've got to admire, generally, of the squad, you know? They pick up a player from Bognor Regis, which is down the road from us. We put all, we put all our academy players out there. In fact, he used to frequent our academy. He said he's not good enough, and now he's scoring goals. And Tommy Lee playing for Accrington, looking like a serious businessman in this league. So we've got the to put strongest ports of accent in the entire world as well. Yeah, when yes. he's in the interview, to, make it, to, to add insult to injury as well. But. Just to remind everybody. All right, guys. Um, Benjamin, why don't you tell everyone where they can find your content online? Yeah. So for the League One stuff, that's more the Blue Monday podcast, which I'm a founder member of. And we try and be as fair. Hopefully I've given a good represent. I, I know the names of your players and I accept that you're a good team as well, which is more than you get from most club podcasts. So hopefully we're nice and welcoming. So uh, we're streaming live at eight on Sunday, reviewing reviewing the game. If you're a Pompey fan, you know, as long as you're not a jerk in the comments, come and have your say and um, the boys, I think I'm on actually, so I'll read your comments. So anyway, and it's the Benjamin Bloom football channel, which is mainly on the, on the championship side. So should you have a very good season and get promoted, why not subscribe right now, get ahead of the curve, learn all about the championship, um, review, Reviews, previews, nonsense. Go to games and vlogs and all of that stuff. Yeah, uh, at Benjamin Bloom on Twitter as well. Got to say it's decent. I've been doing that in the hope ports of get promoted. It's not quite happened yet, but definitely go check out his content. Thank you so much for coming on the show and we'll speak soon. Yeah, good luck. Thanks, Benjamin, for coming on the podcast. I've got to say, boys, that has probably got to be the most balanced chat from Pompey and Ipswich fans that's ever existed. It made me feel extremely uncomfortable. There was at no point in that that I feel like I could swear at, uh, demean, bully, or just in any way... I was going to say, there's no saltiness at all. It's very strange. It's vile. We need to get like far less pleasant guests in future. That's, that's our task for all future weeks this year. Yep. And uh, we've all decided that after doing our predictions that we're going to put a ton of money on Freddie Webb. So on his prediction, £2.50, here we come. <laughs> Freddie Webb to score any time. That's, that's what I'm hearing is the big bet for this oh, weekend's well, game. Well, I was always a prolific centre-forward. But no, but no. Uh, don't put that money on that free or draw. We've, we've had me, Chaplin and Harness all scoring. I, I shudder to think what the odds on that are, to be honest. Yeah, they're shaking the boots to that. But do you have anything else we want to add, boys? Because it was quite an extensive chat we've had already. We've done our predictions. Is there anything else we want to chat about before I close this podcast off? No? In particular? No. 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 All right, for once. So until next time. Oh, wait a sec. No. Until next time. Play up, Pompey. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now. Available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle!